0: Welcome to Grace Notes. In our study of the book of Jonah, we've seen God speak a command to Jonah. Jonah sin by running away. God seek out Jonah. Jonah surrender to the call. God spare Jonah's life. And finally, God speak his command to Jonah a second time. God was merciful to Jonah in saving his life and in giving him another chance. It's now time for Jonah to extend God's mercy to the Ninevites. Jonah still doesn't agree with what God is going to do, as we'll see later, but he does yield his will to do what God commands. On our program today, we'll follow Jonah to Nineveh and see why God was so insistent on having this mission completed.
1: Nineveh was situated on the banks of the Tigris River, some 500 miles from Jonah's hometown, but even farther from where Jonah had fled to catch that boat at Tarshish, Jonah paid a price for his disobedience. He had quite a distance to travel. According to Genesis 10, verses 11 and 12, Nineveh was founded by Cush, an ancestor of Nimrod. And in Jonah's time, it was the capital of the great Assyrian Empire. It was actually a complex of cities, great in population and size, but also great in wickedness. One commentator wrote, "...the Assyrians were brutally cruel." their kings often being depicted as gloating over the gruesome punishments inflicted on conquered peoples. They uprooted whole populations as state policy and deported them to other parts of their empire. The leaders of conquered cities were tortured and horribly mutilated before being executed. I also read that on some occasions an entire town would commit suicide rather than fall into the hands of the dreaded Assyrians. Now, the scripture doesn't say that Jonah was afraid to go to Nineveh, though he was an Israelite entering enemy territory. His initial hesitancy was more out of hatred than fear. Nevertheless, Jonah three three says, Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Did you ever wonder how Jonah got the people to listen to him? He didn't have a fancy advertising campaign or loud sound system for sure. I like J. Vernon McGee's explanation. He said that Jonah was probably able to draw a crowd first by telling people about his experience in the fish. His story would have been believable because his skin was probably discolored from the fish's gastric juices. McGee cited a similar case of a man known as the Jonah of the 20th century who spent two days in a fish, He had lost all the hair on his body, and his skin was a yellowish-brown color from the acetic effects of the digestive system of a large fish. Once again, Jonah paid a price for his disobedience. He had the marks to prove it. But more important of a draw than the fish story was the word he spoke from the Lord. Jonah 3.3 continues, Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Jonah began to enter into the city, a day's journey, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. What was the people's response? The entire town repented. It was one of the greatest revivals of all time. Oh, it wasn't the messenger that caused the Ninevites to repent, or even his story. It was the message, the word the Lord had given him to speak. Hebrews 4.12a says, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. God said of his word in isaiah fifty five ten and eleven as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word. That goes out from my mouth It will not return to me empty But will accomplish what I desire And achieve the purpose For which I have sent it The power of the Word of God Brought revival to those pagan people And it can achieve the same result today We just need to share it Yes, God's word brought repentance and revival to Nineveh. Listen to the text starting at verse 5 of Jonah chapter 3. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, clothed himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. The wearing of sackcloth and fasting were traditional signs of mourning. Sackcloth was a rough goat's hair garment worn over the naked body. And the people used the animals to express the sincerity and depth of their repentance. Unlike Jonah, these people humbled themselves before the Lord. They threw themselves on the mercy of God. And Jonah 3.10 says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways... He had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction He had threatened. These people had no guarantee that God would change His mind, but they seemed to know something about His character. Exodus 34, 6 and 7 says that the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, and maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. John Bunyan once wrote, The grace of God is found in His great love for sinners, in His longing to do them good. His Son, Jesus Christ, personifies grace, for by the offering up of His body, sinners are made whole and pure once and for all. Jesus is God's grace personified. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Jesus took your place on the cross and all He asks is that you believe in Him and receive His grace. Why not do it now and you too will be saved. The jewelry-
0: Pray you've been blessed by this program. If so, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or contact us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your Grace Notes be a song of praise.